get a drum roll. What's one of the craziest, and you don't have to name names, when you were at Nevada, what's one of the craziest things you guys got involved with that you were like, man, I hope the coaches don't find out about this one. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, don't, I don't even, I don't know that your audience is, is ready for the craziest. Um <laughs> You know, the, you know, back then hazing was was kind of a was kind of the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I I recall <laughs> I recall a motivational tactic that we used to have in the locker room, and you may or may not have known this, but um, you know, nobody 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 likes to pay the price for somebody else's laziness. Yeah. And there are times when that had happened, and and so you know somebody's uh, water bottle thermos thing in the locker room. Welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I love this show. And again, I have another friend, longtime friend, coached him a long time ago at the University of Nevada in Reno, Nevada. Great place to live, great place to coach. We won a lot of games together because of guys like him. Him, Anthony, and his teammates, they put it together. You know, coaches coach, but players play. And if you watched this last week's Super Bowl, you saw that. The coaches got to call some plays, but the players got to really do it. They got to never flinch, and they got to produce at a high level, at a consistently high level. And that's what this is all about. You got to get another rep, and that makes you stronger physically, mentally, spiritually, and then you just roll. You let it go. Uh, on one of my podcasts with Marty Morningwig, I love that dude. He would say, you know, we take these players and we just got to get them to let their personalities come out, let their personalities shine. And uh, Anthony, your personality shines. We'll see it a little bit in this podcast. And you just cut loose. Let's go have fun. Let's listen up and let's go get another rep with Anthony Valentin. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, welcome to another rep. Good morning. This is such a fun thing for me to do. I, I selfishly, I love doing this. And uh, again, I get to I get to talk and uh, introduce you people to one of my favorite guys that I've ever coached because he's just like the spirit of the team, man. And uh, we connected at the University of Nevada, Reno, the Wolfpack. Let's go! And uh, this morning, I have Anthony Valentin, and let's get it on, brother. Let's go! Let's go! Hey, uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to rewind this all the way back to um, what the heck you were doing when you were like eight years old playing football <laughs> and tell everybody where you where you're from and how this all came about. Yeah. Hey, thanks for uh, it's, it's great connecting with you and uh, reconnecting with you. It, uh, it starts to bring back a bunch of memories. And I really appreciate you inviting me on this uh, this podcast. It, I suspect we're gonna we're gonna have a good time, but yeah, you know, you know that that you know back when I was eight, man, I I was I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I was born and raised in Cali, Southern California kid. Um, you know, modest upbringing. We we lived in uh, you know the South Central Los Angeles area, so you know, not 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 quite what you hear about and what it is today, but certainly starting to take that turn when I was a kid. Um, you know, from a, from a community perspective, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, sports was always kind of an outlet for me. I was always active, you know, the, today you've got the, you got the devices and all the things right to keep yeah. kids inside. I, you know, I, I had a bicycle and a, and a football and a baseball bat and, and mom used to say, get out, go, you know, come back when the, before the streetlights come on, but get yeah. out of the house. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what we did. Right. And you just hooked up with your friends and, 
you spent time in the neighborhood doing kids stuff and having fun. But, you know, I, I um, always gravitated towards, uh, you know, more, I guess, aggressive and contact sports and never really took to uh, funny stories. I, I, I played shocking. baseball. Yeah, I mean, I played baseball um, for all of like two seasons, got cracked in the jaw with uh, with an errant pitch and I never played again. <laughs> Man, you cracked a lot of people in the jaw playing football and you got cracked <laughs> in the jaw playing football. What the heck is the difference? Well, look, I could never understand the idea, like the concept of standing in front of a guy throwing a ball at you at 90 miles an hour, right? And he's on the opposing team never made sense to me. They're not like, supposed to throw it at you. At the back. <laughs> They're not supposed to throw it at you. They're supposed to throw it by you or past you. <laughs> but they throw it. They, I know, look, you're, we you're all little, know these guys. Little, They've got tactics, right? Yeah, so your, your little league was a little different. <laughs> they did throw it yeah, at you. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't very organized. That's for sure. <laughs> so. so how'd you get into football? So I never played, I played flag football. I never played, I didn't play, I didn't play tackle football until high school. And so uh, I went to a, uh, I went out there, my family's raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic uh, grade school, one through eight, and uh, we didn't have uh, tackle football. We had flag and I never, I, I was, you know, I haven't grown much since, <laughs> since those days, quite honestly, so I was a big kid as a kid. And so I never quite met the age to wait, you know, uh, requirements to play on a certain team. I either had to go up a few years and that we weren't having that. So I played flag football. And I got to tell you, I, I really love that experience because it really taught me how to catch it, improved my, my hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it helped me in college or even in high school. I, I think I was a better athlete, right? Um, you know, I ended up being an offensive lineman. I was super undersized, as you know, but but I, I had other skills that that um, you know most linemen don't have. I thought it was I, I thought I was pretty athletic. I don't know, you tell me, you coach me. Yeah, no, you were super smart. You know, when you get yeah. to uh, when you get to the level that you played at, when you're a Division One football player, you know you got to be a smart fast physical fundamental football player right. you know, and that's what you were and yeah you're i don't know how tall you are 511 or something like that but hey now come on now i i i, I hit six foot <laughs> i hit six foot with those football. long cleats on <laughs> yeah man i you know insoles and the shoes yeah uh, <laughs> but so, you know what it didn't matter it didn't matter because of the way you were who you were in those cleats is what mattered. You know, I was always going to be outsized. Um, I was always given up 20, at least 20 pounds. Always. I mean, it didn't matter who we were playing sometimes as much as 30 to 40 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I, and I had to find an edge. And, and for me, it was, it was more of a mental game. Yeah. And once I got out of high school and I wasn't the biggest uh, or the strongest, um, it, the game, the game changed for me. It, it changed and, and it morphed into, um, you know, more of a chess match for me. Yeah, yeah. It became, it became a sport of, I had to, I had to outwit, outsmart. Um, I had to be smart. Like on survivor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, man. I, it's exactly out, right. Outwit, outsmart, outplay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to out physical anybody. I was going to outwork everybody, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to push everybody around. So I, so I needed to be fast. I needed to be smart. I, I needed to get to uh, point B and point C before you did yeah. to get leverage. And, and that's just 
that's how I survived. Yeah. And you went from high school to junior college. I did. Yeah. What junior college did you go to? And then tell me the difference between the coaching and the, um, you know, if there was any difference, just that culture, the coaching, the culture, and then, and then we got you up at uh, Nevada, the university yeah. of Nevada up in Reno, just kind of go through those three phases of coaching and culture, because this is, you know, uh, this show is called another rep and, you know, you get that next rep and you get coached by somebody different. You hear it, you maybe hear the same exact thing, but you hear it differently. And then it, and it processes in your mind differently. You know, it's like me telling my son something or my wife telling my son something processes a little different in their mind. We're telling them the same thing, but yeah, <laughs> it's just a little different. Yeah. So, so um, it's funny because when I, when I reflect back on my high school years and even, and I don't, I don't have a lot of friends that I keep in touch with. I, I think there might be two people from high school that I remain in touch with. Um, but I, but what's interesting is that I, I didn't have the grades to go to a four year institution out of high school. I, I, I scored terribly on the SAT. I didn't qualify. Um to, to get into a four-year. So I had to go to a, um, um, a JUCO. And, and, it, and for me, it was fantastic because, and I think it was important for me to have that time because I did more growing in those two years than, than, than I had ever grown, not only as an athlete, but as a student. And part of it was that I started to realize and I understood that this was going to be my way um, to finally get my four-year opportunity to get my degree, um, and, and quite honestly, to get out of to get out of the Southern California, to get out of kind of yeah. what I was into. And so, I think there's two types of junior college football players. I think there's the there's the player who really unfortunately isn't talented enough to play at the next level. Yeah. And, and, and this is an opportunity to, for them to hold on and play another couple of years. And, and, and those guys, you know, they're not, maybe they're not going any further. They don't have any aspirations of doing more. And then there's the guys that, that, that kind of were fringe guys like, like me, yeah. that for whatever the reason has the talent, um, but, but needed a, a little bit more um, stick time, needed some maturation, needed to bake in the oven for a little bit. And for me, that was academics. And um, I went from being like a C student, uh, C minus average student. I was horrible um, to, you know, making honor rolls and doing those types of things those two years at Cerritos College. And so from a coaching perspective, you know, you, you have to figure more out on your own. They, they, we have a lot, you know, we had a lot of volunteer coaches and I'm not saying those guys are, are bad. But, you know, it's like it's like me with the woodworking that I do in my garage. Right. I, I read some books. I look at uh, YouTube and I go and I try to build some furniture. Yeah. And it never comes out that good. It's a <laughs> hobby for me. Right. Three it's, legs. A hobby. it's a hobby. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so we had those guys surrounding us. So so the, so the key was to 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 really figure out who knew what they were talking about. And just kind of and kind of just glean all that information from them and do the best you can. But a lot of it was up to you. It was your motivation, your work ethic. You know what you put into it is exactly what you were going to get out. And and I felt like we had good coaches. I mean, our our coaches were good, but we had a few that were super suspect. (laughs) One of them got arrested like the night before a game. (laughs) Hey, that don't make him a bad guy. (laughs) Yeah, you you know, you know, he was. I don't know. So. 
Hey, you probably had a couple of teammates get arrested before and after games. We absolutely did. And in fact, they might've gotten arrested together that Thursday night. I don't know. So, uh, (laughs) but, but the coaching, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was organized. I mean, Cerritos College had a good program. I mean, we won a lot of football games. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the core staff, uh, I would say the six core coaches were, were solid guys and coached for a long time. And, yeah. uh, uh, we, you know, we had had, again, we had some other guys who, who just were, you know, yeah. the yeah. GAs, I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. Did you want to be a division one football player when you were in high school or did you just think, uh, Oh man, I think I can do this when you got to junior college or, or yeah, how'd that go? I didn't realize how good I was quite honestly. Um, you know, I, I, I tried to quit like twice. My mom wouldn't let me because for your mom. Yeah. I mean, she, because it kept me out of, it kept me off the streets. It kept me from, from being a knucklehead. And, uh, I, I always used my grades, right. Oh, this football thing's getting in the way. And, it was hard to, to learn how to play, you know, tackle football when I was playing with kids who had come up in, you know, the Pop Warner ranks and, yeah. and all that stuff. And so it was hard and it was challenging. And there were times where I just didn't, I didn't, didn't want to do it because there was other things that were, you know, more important to me. But my mom is, is uh, I owe everything to her and, and everything that she's taught me and the work ethic that I, that I have today, I absolutely got from her. And she would not let me quit. I, I didn't get, she didn't care if I was making Fs. She says, you need to figure out how to balance it. And it, it's not that you're not smart. You're just not applying yourself and, and you're, and you're not doing what you need to do. You're lazy. I haven't even, I haven't even met your mom and I love her. <laughs> That's awesome. hey man she she's she uh she's tough yeah she's, she whooped my ass still will well 80, see this uh, is all this is all a, this is all a lead up to um so then you get to nevada so you, yep. we recruit you and we bring you up to nevada now there's a complete different structure and culture from yeah wherever you were wherever you came from because i know i was at nevada with you yep. i know chris alt and um i know him very well and uh, his structure and his culture, I mean, that's how he built that team. And so talk to me a little bit about that. When you got there, were you like, oh, man, this is something else? Or were you like, holy crap, what the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> uh, it, it was perfect for me, Coach Heggs. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. It's exactly what I needed. I needed the structure. And, and by that time, I, I, had, I, had, I had really matured over those two years in JUCO and and really figured out that, you know, football was going to be the vehicle that was going to be able to afford me, you know, an education and, and, and everything I have today. Um, so that structure fit because I became disciplined over those two years and, and it became more important for me. So it was it was a natural progression and a natural transition for me because the structure was there and in place. I, I, I will tell you, though, that, you know, Coach Alt's uh, – style of coaching isn't for everybody and and he um it wasn't perfect for me quite honestly um that I appreciated his style um he obviously is one of the best to ever do it in in the um you know he's in the uh the college uh hall of fame college football hall of fame but his his dictatorship style left very little room for um 
for creativity. <laughs> yeah, for exchange, right? And yeah. and and I, oh, hey, and I his always nickname, the trend, man. You know this. His nickname was the little general. So. Little general, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy from Coach Alt though, quite honestly. Like when I made the decision to go to Nevada, I didn't it, it wasn't Coach Alt that that got me there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Coach Horton, who's now over at San Diego State and, and has done yeah. some things in NFL and you know, he and I, he recruited me in high school and, and stayed in touch with me um, through my um, my junior college career. And, and, a, and a dear friend and a teammate of mine in high school, Jason Frierson, I don't remember if you know Jason. I don't know if you remember Jason. He went to University of Nevada. It's a fantastic uh, running back. Ended up getting hurt, had some some knee uh, issues, and then he's he's now like in the state senate or something in, in Nevada. I mean, the guy's going wow. fantastic things in government in, in uh, Nevada, but he was part of the reason why he was a big part of the reason why I went. So between Coach Horton and Jason Frierson was the reason why I went to Nevada, and I knew I can go there and play. Right? I mean, I had some other interests from the Fresnos and some other schools in California, but I didn't want to go. I only had two years left. I wanted to play. I, I knew that was all that I was going to have. That was it for me. Yeah. So I wasn't interested in going and sitting the sit in the bench at a higher caliber school at that time. Um, I wanted to play. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. What does a weight room do for a culture and a team and, and why, you know, why is it, or it, maybe you don't even think it is, but the importance of it, you know, yeah, the, the emphasis of it. What do you think? <clears throat> There's so much to be gained. So first of all, I think uh, from for me, it was always my safe haven, right? It's the it's the one area where you can compete against yourself. Um, and, and there, there's, there's no other competition. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for me that the weight room represented an opportunity to get better, uh, to get stronger, to get faster. It, it also represented the discipline, right. And, and a part of the process that it takes to be at the top of your game. Yeah. Um, the byproduct of that is if, if you have a lot of guys that believe in the same things that you believe in, whether, whether you're in a, you know, a, a structured workout, you know, with your teammates or you're going in on the weekend doing some stuff, you know, on your free time, there's a camaraderie that's built during that, during, during those times, right? It's the core, I think, of, of the program, quite honestly. Um, and there's a certain vulnerability, right? Because much like on the football field, you, you know, you've got to rely on, on, on your teammates to, to, to bail you out of something, right? Yeah. Right. You miss a block you miss, you miss, you miss an assignment. Some, sometimes you can get some help, right? Uh, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're standing under 500 pounds about to go in, in uh, you know, squat or, you know, however many pounds across your chest, you're about to bench press, you're relying on that guy behind you to bail you out when you fail. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, and I think that establishes, you know, trust and teamwork and, and all those things that I think are super important that translates to the to game day. Yeah, exactly. So let's move forward now because you played football for a while and then you have to go get a job. And then you end yeah. up, you know, and then eventually you get married and then you have a family and stuff. So yeah, what did football <clears throat> teach you? And I'm going to ask you like a couple different questions, but not only what did football teach you to become who you are, you're the vice president of a big time corporation right now. Um, so what are some of those lessons that you took there? 
And then yeah. also the lessons that you took of being somebody's dad, you know, and then, um, what's your weight room? You don't have a weight room over at staff Mark, you know, you're the vice president of staff Mark. So yeah. what's your weight room? What, you know, what is that? So let's just talk about some of that. Cause you know, um, not every, everybody grew up playing football, right? Everybody's got to get a job. And everybody yeah. ends up being a pro at something, whether you're a pro doctor, a pro lawyer, a pro plumber, a pro fireman, a pro something, you know, but even football ends for everybody. We always do these things for a season of our life. <clears throat> right. So, so how did football help you um, get your job and then think about being that dad? And then also the, um, you know, that weight room concept, where is that weight room concept in your, in your business? Yeah. <clears throat> that it, for me, it's all, you know, what, what athletics football, what it's taught me is uh, it taught me a ton of things, right? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, preparation, right? You, 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 you can't step out there on Saturday and expect to, to get it done if you don't prepare. Yeah. I hope something good happens. When hope guy, something good happens, man. When the guy um, across from you is like six, five, two eighty five, and runs a four, three or some crazy. That, that Michael Strahan, right. Yeah, at, uh, West Texas state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, so the, the, the preparation part, the perseverance part, the, the never quit. I mean, there's just so many things that I took away from that, um, that, that helps me today. Look, you know, there are mornings, man, where, where, yeah, I don't, you know, <laughs> Andrea and I, we have this thing, we just, we have the, I don't want us, right? I don't want, I don't want, <laughs> we, we, we joke about that. I, I get those mornings, right? And, and uh, it's, it's the responsibility that I have to my team members uh, to not let them down, to, to be that, to be that, that cog, right? In the engine, yeah. that, that link in the chain that keeps it moving. And, and um, when I don't feel like it, then it's okay for others to not feel like it. And that's not okay. So um, it's the motivation piece. It's understanding that I am a part of something larger. And you know, I was talking to one of my, my coworkers the other day. It's like, I'm making decisions for hundreds of people. You know, I, I've yeah. got about 85 people on my team that, uh, that rely on decisions that I make. And, and all 85 of those, of those team members have families. So there are literally hundreds of folks who are affected by decisions that I make on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. And I can't afford, they can't afford for me to, to take a, to take time off. Right. In yeah. that respect, to, yeah. to throw my hands up and say, I don't want to, you know, sports and football has allowed me to do that because uh, without my contributions, it doesn't work. And, yeah. and that's the beautiful thing about, teamwork and learning about how to operate within a team um your question about you know where's the weight room in, in business yeah and and i wish we had one but uh, <laughs> that'd be fantastic if we did it i yeah yeah <clears throat> so I'd i love remember to see this I re i'm going to interrupt you because i remember this when and and this all goes back to um nevada you know coach all we did this thing called the nevada run there i don't yeah. know yeah remember that but we put 300 pounds on the squat rack yeah, three hundred, not just three hundred. Three hundred's a lot. Yeah, so you had to squat it as many times as you could. Yeah, we didn't. We rarely put like however much you could squat. We always put like three hundred on there for the Nevada run test. 
And it was like, you squat that as much as you can. Some of these freshmen looked at that like, what the what <laughs> the heck? And it flattened them down onto the floor. And yeah. we had juniors and seniors coming in there just racking it, racking yeah. it, racking it. And, and those, but it was the standard. So not to interrupt. And, and, and it that. is the standard. And, so and what's your weight room? What's your weight room now? Yeah, no. So, so for, for us, right, it's, so it's building the teamwork. It's building the unit. It's, it's, it's continuing to connect with one another. Um, and quite honestly, understanding who you can lean on and who you can trust and who you can push. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my world today, you know, I, I do that through leadership with my directors and, 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 um, and try to get them to rally their respective units to do the same thing. <clears throat> you know, my, my weight room is, is monthly and, um, you know, I pull our teams together on a, on a monthly basis and the beautiful Zoom world and yeah. teams, you know, it, you know, you know, having having leadership responsibilities over, you know, the central U.S., multiple states. You know, it's hard for me to get everybody in under the same roof at the same time. It's damn near impossible. Right. So we rely on this uh, medium in order to do that. And, and I can see faces and, you know, we can rally and. I can be energetic and, and yeah. animated kind of like I am right now. I talk with my hands and they can feel that through the camera, which I hope, you know, our listeners can feel this now, Yeah. but that's, that's how I try to develop that same um, enthusiasm and that, and that same environment is, is leading with passion and, and, you know, hoping that they can feel that through, through, you know, that energy through the camera, um, you know, the periodic touch points, you know, having the team building exercises that we do when we when we have a chance to get together with our leadership group is is the only way that I figured that out uh, how to how to how to do that. But I wish we had a weight room we can all go to. God dang it, man! It would I, they'd be three hundred pounds on the bar. That's for sure. <laughs> Somebody would crumble. <laughs> you know what it does? It it uh, not only exposes them, it reveals who you are real quick. Yeah. You know, which is fun. Yeah. That's a that's a fun thing. You know, discipline is long obedience in the same direction. That's what I tell yeah. my guys when I'm when I'm coaching them. And um, I love what Nick Saban said. I, I don't know exactly when he said it, how long ago he said it, maybe when he first started coaching. But he's like, we got to fight human nature every day. Yeah. And, you, know, you reminded me of that, of what uh, Coach Saban said, because, um, you know, there's days we don't want to get up, you know. There's days, I know this, you've been working hard all day. You're doing all your Zoom meetings and all this stuff and you're doing whatever you got to do. And then you got to come home and you're still somebody's dad. Yeah. You know, and you got to yeah. get that same juice to your kids and your wife and your family as you did, as you just delivered to your team. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. So, so the, it's, it's, it, quite honestly, it's an easy transition for me um, because the the passion and the, the energy and enthusiasm that you might be getting from me now is I go hundred miles an hour, man. That's the only way I know how to do it. And yeah. I, I idle pretty high. Right. Um, and so, but, but I got to be able to turn it off. And um, when, when the boys are home and they're back from school and their therapies and, and whatnot, that's their time. And, and it's not a long time. I mean, it's, you know, maybe five thirty, six o'clock to nine 30 where's, four hours that I unplugged from everything and everybody you you can't reach me at that time you can you can text you can call you can do all those things but but that is sacred protected time for me and the family 
to, to just love and play and have fun. And, you know, we do all the, the parental things, the parental things we have to do, right. The yeah. dinners and, but, you know, we put them down in the showers and then we get them down in bed. We get there, we do all that stuff. And then we can go back to, you know, you know, my, my, um, my, my, I'm gonna call her my wife. You know, she's, she's a, she's an MD man. And she's, she's busier than I am. Yeah. And uh, we're both, you know, once, once we're done with the four hours, you know, we're back into the grind with catching up on the last four hours. And she's done, she's doing the same. In fact, she, she's coming back from work now since uh, Thursday. So it, it just, we grind, man, but that time is sacred to, uh, to the kids. Yeah. And your grind, you know, and I, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, but your grind is a little different. It's special because you have a special needs son. Yeah. And yeah. That takes a lot more attention. So, I mean, to be a father of a special need or to be the parents of a special needs son, you know, that that's a, that's a whole nother level of commitment. I think I, I, we don't have a special needs child, but sure. friends that do. And, um, you know, I think some of those things you would have to, you know, you're a living testimony of it, but some of those commitments that you learn in, in the sports that you played growing up and, and being coached the way you were coached helps you, I think to be that disciplined father where you're committed to that, no matter if we're winning or losing that day. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah. I mean, so, so, um, so you're referring to Max and, and Max is, uh, is, is on the autism spectrum and, you know, he is, uh, that, that kid is, is, and he, he will love you so much more than, uh, than what you would ever expect from, from any, from a, from a child deemed, you know, uh, autistic for, um, cause they're typically antisocial, but, but Max that, that he just wants to love. So, so you have to commit yourself. You know, I, my, I've got, I've got nine nieces and nephews, uh, Max and Alex aren't my biological children, but, but, but I'm, but I'm their bonus dad. Right. That's right. And, and I don't treat them any different if they were my, my biological children. What I can tell you is that you, you have to, you have to dedicate your life to your children, um, much like I did in athletics when I dedicated my life to football, I dedicated my life to academics. Um, this is this is different because you know you get you get so much more back from an emotional perspective, and um, to see Max grow up and 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 become more independent and do things that he wasn't doing. He's 10 right now. And, and, you know, he's doing things that he's never been able to do, like dress himself, um, brush his own teeth. Right. Yeah. I mean, just those little small milestones when he's so, able to we master. Take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, as he, as he meets those milestones and, and, you know, his mom and I just sit back and we celebrate those things, you know, he strings together, three three words or he autonomously you know asks for something um and, and says it the right way and, and i mean we get excited and we high five it's it's you know he um he's changed me the yeah. hands down he's made me better he's made me better in so many ways in 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 ways that i never knew existed within me right because you know I, i've never had kids and um, you know, I, 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 Andrea and I have reconnected after 30 years and, and, uh, you know, boom, I've, I've got this family that's ready to go. And not only <clears throat> do I have a family ready to go, but, but I've got, you know, kids that, that I'm, I'm partly responsible for, responsible for that, um, 
you know, I didn't have 10 years of experience with. Right. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm trying to quickly learn. I'm going, there's no playbook, man. You know, so, <laughs> hey, let me so, tell you, there's no playbook when you have them right, like, right, right out of the right. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> like, yours, so yours is a whole nother challenge. A whole yeah. The game's already started and, and they're tapping on me. Get in. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'm in. What do I do? Let's go. Tell me yeah. where to go. Yeah. But it's changed me. It's made me more, it's made me more um, patient. I think more empathetic, more understanding. Um, It's just, it's made me better. And and quite honestly, it's made me a better leader in business because, you know, we're under, we're we're under a lot of tight, you know, deadlines and and we're, you know, the kids come first, right? We have snow days, school is out. We have to adjust. And my entire life, my business has always taken, you know, the, the, the top spot in what I did every day. And, and that's, uh, it's important, but it's not as important as, as the family now. And so it's taught me how to kind of take a step back and, and really throw my energy and my effort into, um, quite honestly, something that's bigger and greater than the business. Yeah. Yeah. You become a servant leader, which is what you are. You're a servant leader at work, but you're definitely a servant leader at the house, you know? Yeah, with, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, we're cleaning up poop and and uh, <laughs> cooking dinners, man, and changing clothes. I Just mean, don't get the uh, dinner and the poop mixed together. No, man, no. I I I I learned those two are completely different. Well, not completely <laughs> different. They, they, there there's some congruency there, right? There's definitely you're cooking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cooking. Hey, man, I cook good now. I got to tell you, I'll, I light it up. Do you? Hey, yeah. I love you know what I really like about this show and what it's evolved into is. You know, when people listen, they're, they tell me like, hey, man, that dude's story helped my story. And yeah. I know your story's helping somebody else's story because people that listen to this have have parts of your story. And yeah. you know, they may not have the exact whole story, but they're living part of your story. They're living, you know, whatever uh, they may have a special needs kid and how, how do we do it? And, you know? And so I really appreciate your sincerity and your transparency when, when it comes to talking about your family like that, because it's um, that's what this is all about, you know, and um, how we're repping life and the way yeah. you were repping it, you know, you started out as a little guy at a Catholic school growing up in Southern California. Now you're living in St. Louis, Missouri, and you're running the show and you got, you know, however many employees underneath you and, and you're doing it the way you you learned how to do it as you went through all your reps and you're still repping and learning and all that. What does another rep mean to you? Look, you know, you, you never, you, you nailed it on the head, right? You never, you never stop learning. Um, I have this saying is that you either win or you get an education, but you never lose, Right. Um, I don't care what the scoreboard says. Uh, you take your lumps, right? You reflect, but you learn something from it. Uh, and, and every experience in life should teach you something. I hear folks talking all the time about how they can't or, or, or how, you know, they, somebody won't, right? I, I don't subscribe to that. You know, can't and won't are is, is code for I don't want to. Thank you. Um, life is life is hard, man. Nobody's well, there's freebies getting handed out, but not enough to get you to where you want to be. And certainly, I mean, I get it. There's some folks who who have a tougher road ahead of them than some others might have. And, and that's there's validity to that. But you can overcome all those things if you just have a passion and you want to do it and you stay the course. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I had an easy road. I, I, every single day, man, I, I, um, I approach that day with a chip on my shoulder. I always have. I yeah. did in high school. I did in junior college. I did at Nevada. Um, I'm, I'm not supposed to be sitting here in front of you right now. <laughs> I, I'm not supposed to be here, man. Yet according here to somebody now. else, not according to you. Well, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the chips were stacked against me, right? Yeah. Um, another, another rep for me is never say never, never quit, never, never die. Right. Oh, you man. just, you keep rolling. Um, and it's like Frogger, man. I mean, you gotta, you gotta dip, you gotta bob, right? You know, you gotta. I just dated myself with Frogger. There's probably some other Frogger, what? But who doesn't you know, like Frogger? If you don't like Frogger, you're you're not American, right? Yeah, right. But you just gotta keep forging ahead. Another rep is again, you you get another opportunity to get better. Yeah, I love what you said because you remind me when I was working with Coach Holtz at Notre Dame, he would say this. We got to find these guys. We've got to find these guys because we got guys that can, but won't. Mm -hmm. And we got guys that can't and will. Right. We need to find the guys that can and will. And will. That's when we'll win the championship. Because, and and that's how we would weed guys out. And we'd talk to them. Hey, you can, but you just won't. And we don't know why you won't. You're the one who knows why you won't. And if you won't, then we got to find somebody that will. And you got to go, you know, so. I mean, and, and, and that, I mean, you remember at Nevada, right? I mean, that was, that's, that entire football program was, was, it's kind of the ragtag team. I mean, there's, I mean, over the years, there's been some names that's come out of there that, uh, yeah. you know, it's had some, some solid NFL careers, but, you know, you might be able to count on two hands, right? Who, yeah. who those alumnus are. And so that program was built on guys like me, right? Those fringe guys, those guys who may not have had the prototypical frame for whatever position you were playing, but they were, but they were hungry. They were pissed off. They had a chip <laughs> on their shoulder and they would, they will, right. right? They could they and they would, and they did. That's right. And, um, you know, when I watched the game today and especially Nevada, it's changed so much. And um, those core, those core qualities, Coach Hags, that I think all of us possessed. Um, I don't know if that exists as much anymore as it, as it used to do. I was proud to be an undersized lineman. Yeah. I was proud to have people underestimate me. I was proud that Coach, um, Coach Alt would always ask, is that guy going to start this week? When is somebody going to do a better job than him? Yeah, that, that that fueled the fire in me. Yeah, um, because I knew I was better than everybody else. That's right. And it was exactly that that drove me to be better every single week. Right. And it's and it's what drives me to be better today. Yeah. Quite honestly, well, you have that can I can and I will and I will. And, and damn it, I did. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> the uh, uh, and now you understand this will come full circle for you. Now you understand because you said Nevada had some of those fringe guys, those kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, ragtag. You said that. And I agree with that. Now you understand why Coach Alt got that name, the little general, because he was putting that whole core and that whole troop together and, and building a culture out of that that type of uh environment that those guys you know you're getting them from everywhere junior colleges and and kids that flunked out of high school and barely made it but they just wanted to play ball just wanted to play yeah Yeah. so you know he had to he had to uh 
put a corral around all those guys and get them pointed in the right direction. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's what you're looking for at your business. You're looking for people that can and will. And, and I'm looking for folks who want an opportunity, right? Yeah. I just, I just promoted a, a, a team member of mine who's uh, just by their sheer attitude, work ethic, um, and, and just general, you know, cognitive aptitude, right? I just said, look, you know what? I like you. I like what you've done in the role you're in. I know this is a stretch role for you. It's a big step, but I believe in you. If you believe in yourself, I can teach you everything you need to know, but you just got to keep, um, keep on with the work ethic, um, the, the positive attitude, and, and, and the will to want to be better. If yeah. you can keep those things, I'll, I'll, I'll make you rich. <laughs> and I, hey man, we, I, I'm telling you, that was just last week. It was just last week. Uh, her first official day in that new role is on Monday, and she just needed an opportunity, man. And and we'll see. Maybe we'll do another podcast That's a right. year from now. I'll tell you how she's doing. But um, I saw a lot of me and her. Good, you know. And and I in much like a young Anthony Valentin, he needed an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and and she needs an opportunity. I'm gonna give her one. There you go. Boom. You're coaching her up. I love That's it. That's it, baby. Coaching hey, man, her up. Thanks man. so much. Thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's time just flies when we're doing this because it's just so loaded with such jewels, you know, gems of, of, of life. And yeah. I just appreciate you waking up, getting your silly ass out of bed and Saturday morning and, and, uh, taking another rep with me. So I really appreciate this. Hey, this is, this has been great. Um, you know, there, first, there's no short conversation with me. You always, you know that. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you having me on. And this has been great. And uh, I do this with you anytime because there's a lot more stories we can do. And this was like G-rated tonight. Yeah. yeah. You got to spice it up next time, man. You got to ask the right questions, my friend. Okay. Give me one of the craziest before we close. Before we, we need a drum roll. What's one of the craziest, and you don't have to name names, when you were at Nevada, what's one of the craziest things you guys got involved with that you were like, man, I hope the coaches don't find out about this one. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I, don't, I don't even, I don't know that your audience is, is ready for the craziest. Um, <laughs> you, know, the, you know, back then, hazing was, was, kind of a, was kind of the thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And... Um, I, I recall, I recall a motivational tactic that we used to have in the locker room, and you may or may not have known this, but um, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody likes to pay the price for somebody else's laziness. Yeah, and there are times when that had happened, and and so, you know, somebody's uh, water bottle thermos thing in the locker room may or may not have been crapped in um, <laughs> as, a, as a shot across the bottle, a little bit of a warning um, to, 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 to get your ass going. There you go. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to name any names, um, oh. but they, we, we, had a, we had an interesting group of folks on that team. Subsequently, <laughs> I, nobody – so, 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 <laughs> Very creative. You got to work with what you got. <laughs> we all had that. I know this. You probably were both – not both, probably all y'all, however many of y'all is, we're sitting over at the wall across the street from the stadium, figuring out how to get this done. 
Yeah, it didn't take a lot of thought. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was that one came pretty quick. Yeah, we, we we would, you know, well, I, we we'll save we'll save some others for uh, for another for another. We'll time. start the next one with it. That'll be our cliffhanger. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> yes. Hey yes. man, great being with you then again this morning, and uh, look forward to hooking up with you again, man. Absolutely, my my pleasure. Appreciate the time, and I, I appreciate the questions. It's good seeing you, man. Yeah, let's go make it a great day. Absolutely, boom. Anthony, my man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know we all have busy lives, and I just appreciate you taking time out of your day and sharing your your life with us, how you've been repping your life, and um, it just I know this we're all connected all the time, and. The way you're repping your life helps other people rep their life. And uh, just appreciate you for that. If you like this show, hit like, hit subscribe, share it with your people, your friends, your teammates, your coworkers, and uh, just spread the news. And until we meet again, you keep repping. I'm glad you came on today to get another rep. And I am officially out. Out.